Hello, my name is Richard Hayward and welcome to my podcast series looking at the Psalms in the Bible. Today we're looking at Psalm 11 and learning about how we can receive and give good advice. Francoise is reading the Bible passages to us which can be found in Psalm 11 and Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11. As always, my prayer with these sessions is that they would give you time to stop and become more aware of God's presence in your life, his love, his peace, his strength, and his grace. God bless you as you listen to these passages that Francoise will read now, and then some reflections from me about these passages. Psalm 11 I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulphur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous, Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. Amen. Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you're the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, 
the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Thanks be to God. I'm in St Oswald's Church in a little village called Paddlesworth just between Hawkinge and Etching Hill. Today it's open for private prayer so I've taken this opportunity to come in here but may have to move on if others uh, want to come in here for private and silent prayer. We're in Psalm 11 this week and this is a confusing psalm. This is one where, as Sarah Weber would say, you need to know the story behind the story. Most psalms are a letter or a prayer directed straight to God. Whereas this one is in two parts. This one has got part of it which is directed to friends, and then part of it is, is, is said to God. You see, this psalm is written by David at a time when probably Saul was chasing, chasing him. Saul, who was king at the time, thought that David wanted to become king. David had killed Goliath and had, uh, had gained quite a lot of uh, followers, probably celebrity status, and I should think that threatened Saul. And Saul started chasing him and wanted him dead. So these first verses, it says in uh, Psalm 11, I trust in the Lord for protection, so why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? Well, that's David talking to his friends. David doesn't take that advice. David instead, as the psalm goes on, to say, trusts in God. His friends are saying, look, Saul's chasing you. Go and hide in the mountains. But David then says, well, why would I want to do that? Because their, their bow and arrows are already in the shadows waiting to get me. So this psalm... I think it asks us the question, or asks two questions to us. What do we do with advice that we're given? How do we filter it? And then secondly, how do we give advice? How do we filter that? So firstly, how do we filter advice that we receive? Who do you go to when you need advice? Who do you turn to? 
Who do you trust that can give you advice? And how do we filter that advice? How do we filter what we read, what we see, what we hear, whether it's on social media or on the news? I believe there are two filters that we should always use. Firstly, is it based on truth? Is there a foundation of truth in that advice, in what we are reading or hearing or seeing? Secondly, is it motivated by love? And if you're not sure on either of those two, then how about this for a filtering process that we could use? When you are given some advice, like when David was given the advice to run to the mountains. Let's stop and pray. Ask God, God, is this advice that we should be taking? Then once we've asked God, we need to listen. Listen for God's answer. It might come through the scripture you're reading that day. It might come through a friend, a trusted friend or a family member. Hear what that advice is. Take it in what has been said to you. Then discern, filter it through what scripture says. Filter it again by running it past a trusted friend, a fellow brother or sister, a disciple, a respected elder in the church, someone that you respect. And then lastly, act. Act on the advice you've been given. Don't do nothing. Because nothing may stop you from doing what you're meant to be doing. So we need to pray, bring it to God. We need to listen for God's answer. How is God choosing to answer us? We need to hear what he is saying. We need to discern to make sure it is what he is asking us to do or advising us to do. And then we need to act. And what do we do with the advice that we're giving to others? How do we filter that? How do we filter the news that we give to others? Exactly the same way. Is it based on truth? Is it motivated by love? That's it. If we run everything that we say through those two filters, based on truth, motivated by love, there would be no lies, no gossip, no fake news, no misinformation, no manipulation and no propaganda. Just because your friend on Facebook has shared something doesn't mean that you should too. Doesn't mean that I should share it on. Just because a newspaper has printed it doesn't mean that it's true doesn't mean that we have to share it on. Whether it's the COVID jab, whether you should take it or not, 
the uh, whether it's the people being held in Napier barracks here in Kent, in, in Folkestone, whether it's Brexit, whether it's whether we should be isolating, wearing masks, meeting together, going out. Every single one of those has a fairly strong opinion on either side. But we, as followers of Christ, need to be being absolutely sure that what we are sharing on is based on truth and motivated by love. Whatever it is, we need to filter it. In that second passage that Francoise read to us a moment ago, Jesus gives a great example of how to deal with bad advice, how to deal with when we're being tempted. What were all those temptations? They were all trying to get Jesus to do it his way rather than relying on his father. And every temptation he gets that Jesus receives, he replies with, it is written. It is written. He gives us an amazing example of reading scripture, digesting it, having it as a resource within. As they say, we are what we eat, we are what we consume. If we just consume social media or Facebook or the news channels or the newspapers, that's all we will have to give out. If we consume and digest scripture, that is what we will have to give out. And how much better is that? Because every word of scripture has, it, you could apply those two to scripture based on truth. They are the truth and they are motivated in love, by love. If you, like me, like I said at the beginning, don't find it easy, particularly easy to read, please don't let Satan deceive you that you need to know the whole of the Bible before it can be effective in your life. Every single word, as we read last week, every single word in the Bible is God-breathed. Every word is truth. Every word was inspired by God to be written, to be applicable for you and me now. Reread the parts that you've read a hundred times, a thousand times. Read the new parts, the parts that you have struggled to read. Because there is truth in every single word. And if that truth is what we are consuming inside, then that is what we are going to, to share out when we need to advise someone else. I love it. I just love the way you can be reading a text that you've read before in the Bible and suddenly, bam, it's like these words jump out at you that you've never seen before. And how have I not seen that in, the, in, in Scripture before? I've read this passage over and over again and suddenly it's here. And that's because God, when he inspired those words to be written knew that those words 
were going to be the exact words that you needed or the exact words that I needed for the moment in time that we are in, for the season of life that we're in, for the situation that we're in, for the age that we're in, for the environment that we're in. And you put all of those together and God, that doesn't happen by accident. God knew that all of those would come together and his word, those words in the Bible that you've read, would suddenly come alive in that moment. Sometimes we need to dig a bit deeper, like we do in this psalm, to understand that it was talking to friends and talking to God. And I pray that as you read the Bible, you search through scripture, you dig deeper, that you will allow God to reveal the truth, that you will allow God to reveal his love through these words that you are reading.